Welcome back, Tiger fans, to Before the Box Score. I am Nate Edwards. As always, I haven't changed. Uh, we appreciate you uh, subscribing, downloading, all that good stuff, listening to our fine internet podcast. Uh, it is Florida week, for better or worse. And uh, tonight, we are graced with the presence of Andrew Spivey, uh, the football beat writer over at Gator Country, uh, who does just about everything, which I can fully appreciate. Uh, welcome, Andrew. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's uh, it's always fun. You know, uh, Florida fans do not like you guys being in the SEC still because uh, you guys have had Florida's numbers. So fans are not exactly happy with the move. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you bring that up because I've, I've had a lot of SEC guys on this show. And one of the first things I ask you all is, you know, after eight years of Missouri's residency in the SEC, what is your opinion of the Missouri program joining the SEC? I mean, I, I personally was cool with it. You know, I think that when you when you look at the SEC, you know, kind of land, you know, the the fan bases. I, I think Missouri's fine in the SEC. Um, I think it's a program that has had its ups and downs, like a lot of the teams in the SEC. But um, yeah, I'm okay with uh, Missouri being in. Um, you know, I know a lot of people were uh, well. Maybe you should have went and had Clemson or. Or somebody else, but Missouri brings in a different fan base in, in that area, and you know, so far they've been good and been very competitive in really all of the sports. Yeah, well, we try to be. Um, we can't always deliver, but sometimes we do. Um, and I think maybe something that Missouri fans and Florida fans can equally commiserate on is that one team that you just can't seem to beat. For Missouri, it's Kentucky. Uh, a team that has beaten us like five million times in a row, and there's no reason why it should happen. For you guys, it kind of seems to be us. I think we've played eight times, and we've won five of them in, in the last two specifically. Um, do you all hate us? <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's weird for fans. You know, Florida fans in general are are very weird about this game, and it's you know, and, and this is no disrespect to, to Missouri. I, I think you guys have had some good football teams, but Florida has just came in and been dead flat. You know, you look at Jim McElwain, uh, first game after he gets fired. That was okay. But last year, there was zero reason for Missouri to come in to Gainesville and do what they did to Florida. Now, granted, Missouri could have beat Florida by seven, and it would have been the same outcome. But for Florida to go in some of these games and just – absolutely lay some eggs in the game has been the problem and you know it's a weird uh, it's kind of a weird thing for fans they don't I don't so much think they hate you guys it's just that they hate playing you guys it's just weird because <laughs> it seems like that is Florida's worst game every year against Missouri I could understand it if it was always at Missouri that's that long travel the longest travel you'll mm -hmm. have but you know when they come to Gainesville and beat you up, something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been kind of all over the place. We've beaten you in Missouri. We've beaten you in Gainesville. Uh, there's that 14 to seven in 2012. There was the what was it 2014 when we gained 100 yards and outscored you by 20. Like there has been just some weird, weird games. Uh, do any of them stick out to you as as memorable, either for good or bad? Uh, any game, Missouri, Florida game that sticks out the most to you? Ah, uh, that game you're talking about where, you know, you guys gained less than 100 yards and still won, and uh, that, that one's a weird one. You know, I stayed with Florida's game last year, you know, uh, that yeah. just yeah. the overall way Florida lost that football game, you know, it wasn't even so much that 
that you know Florida was bad or are you guys were that good it was just simple that Florida came in and absolutely laid an egg and you know I for me that was just a game that was crazy you just did not expect that game uh in general especially after you know Florida had had won some good football games and was competitive in the Georgia game for the most part and, and then to, to lose 38 to 17 and you know just in my opinion, just get dominated from start to finish. That was a game that I, I think a lot of fans in general uh, were really upset about, really hurt. Uh, and it just, that's, for me, that's a game that just sticks out and it says, okay, what in the world is going on with this rivalry? Um, you know, that 17 game where it was the first game after Jim McElwain was fired and, and you guys came out and blew Florida out. I think it was mm-hmm. like 45-16, 44, 45-17, something like that. You know, that game was kind of expected because that was the first game after Jim McElwain, but last year wasn't expected. Yeah, yeah. And you talked about your, your coach uh... – Coach Adventures, you've had Muschamp. Uh, since Missouri has joined, you've had Muschamp, uh, McIlwain, and now uh, Dan Mullen. Uh, Dan had obviously had was part of that magical run with Tebow and, and Urban um, back in the late uh, 2000 aughts, I guess. Um, when when it was announced that Dan Mullen was coming back, did you expect an immediate improvement or incremental improvement? What did you think he was going to do with the program? Uh, you know, I, I expected the offense to to improve. You know, Florida, and, and and I think you know you guys can attest to this a little bit. You know, Florida's defense has been there. You know, I mean, I I know I, we just ratted off a couple of games where where you guys just absolutely exploded on offense against Florida. But you know, even the McElwain you know days and and the Muschamp days. Florida had some defenses that were legit national title contending defenses that just didn't have an offense. Uh, you know, you look at the the two years Jim McElwain took Florida to Atlanta, it was defense that, that got them there. Any breath of offense, and, and Florida is a, a team that could have, you know, contended to beat Alabama in, in Atlanta there. So you expected mm-hmm. that the offense would be better, and I think in turn we all expected that meant the team was going to be better. You know, did I expect mm-hmm. Florida to win 10 games last year? Absolutely not. Uh, that was just a drastic turnaround after winning four games um, that I just didn't expect. And, you know, to look at it this year, I, you know, I, I had four to nine or ten wins in the regular season, and that's kind of where they're at right now, depending on what mm-hmm. happens this week. Um, but had you told me Florida would lose their quarterback in game two, be playing with Kyle Trask in, in this ser- uh, in this season, I would have probably said, no, they wouldn't have. So, yeah, I think Dan Mullen's done a, a very good job of turning it around. Um, I think the biggest thing for me personally that we've noticed is Dan Mullen's just turned around the culture, and, and the culture at Florida is so much different now than it was uh, even two years ago. It's just there's a lot more positive atmosphere, uh, guys buying in, it, 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 and Florida's competitive in every game. You really are. Uh, and it's very surprising that Kyle Trask is able to do that. You know, Felipe, Felipe Frank's coming back. Uh, I never was super scared of the kid, but, you know, the more experience you get, the better you are. And when he went down, I, I pretty much wrote you guys off, to be honest. Um, but Kyle Trask has, has proven that he can uh, he can help the offense pretty well. It's, it's, it's a bit of a surprise to me, though, because he doesn't seem all that impressive. So I guess from your standpoint – and maybe it doesn't make a difference, but is Kyle Trask really that good, or is Dan Mullen just doing an excellent job of scheming around him to make him better? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, I, I think you, you, what you said about Felipe Franks is is what 
really all of us said, you know, I, I we went into the season and, um, and we said the same thing, you know, Felipe Franks is only going to do, you know, basically what he did last year. And that's, he's going to make some very good plays. And then he's going to make some plays that make you scratch your head and say, what are you doing? And, you know, I think the the biggest difference with Kyle Trask, and, you know, everyone says this is a cuss word when you say it almost about a quarterback, when you say a game manager, but it's, it's not a bad thing to say. And that's kind of what Kyle Trask is. He's a game manager. Um, he comes in and he, 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 he makes the short intermediate throws and does those well. He, he makes all the plays that you expect from your quarterback. And, and that's really what he's been able to do. He's not going to, you know, wow you with his arm strength. He's not going to wow you with his speed. He's not going to wow you with any of his, of his uh, athleticism or any of his attributes as a quarterback. But he's going to throw the ball where it needs to be thrown. And most of the time, it's on time. And most of the time, he's going to make the the right read at the uh, line of scrimmage and have his guys in the right place. And I, I think that for for me and, and, and for a lot of people, that's what Ford has been missing is just that quarterback that can go out there and do the little things to make Ford better. Ford has the athletes all around it, and that's never been a problem. It's always just who can get them to it. And, and Felipe Frank struggled with that last year. Kyle Trask hasn't struggled with that so far this year it's been very impressive i mean your you guys's passing game is just excellent uh if you look at any of the advanced metrics as far as passing offense goes you all are just elite across the board um but the numbers kind of lie when you look at the the actual raw stats i mean he's completing 66 percent of his passes which is excellent but you kind of think it'd be more than 2,000 yards. Or you think he, he's, you know, not throw as many as six interceptions. Um, is this, you know, is he just getting the ball to the right receivers and they're making the plays? Or is he truly, like, reading the defense and, and threading the needle and making the big pass when he needs to? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, Florida, you know, any – Anyone who's watched Florida's play this year knows that they have zero rushing offense. They cannot run the ball whatsoever. Their offensive line has been really bad, um, and you know, Florida just hasn't been able to establish a running game at all this year. So, uh, you know, Florida's been able to, and, and Dan Mullen is. It, this is what I think sets Dan Mullen apart: is he's able to extend the running game by by his passing game. And, and what I mean when that is, is wide receiver screens, short little slants, uh, different things that are uh, extensions of the running game he's been able to do that and you know I think that that's allowed Kyle Trask to put up the numbers he has but I also think he's made some really good reads in, in, in the defense as well uh, but like you asked a minute ago it's a little bit of Dan Mullen's scheme where he doesn't really ask the quarterback to, to go out and win games as much as he just wants the quarterback to get the ball to the receiver uh, Kyle Pitts the tight end's been really good this year um, and it's been a guy who you know, has caught the ball and got a ton of yak yards. Uh, Trayvon Grimes, the last uh, game, had an 80-yard catch on a one-yard pass. So, uh, you know, it's a little bit of both, but with Florida's running game being as bad as it is, Florida's been able to to extend the passing or running game with the passing game, and that's allowed his numbers to increase a little bit. I, I am just befuddled, absolutely befuddled by your running game. I mean, you look at that offensive line, they are 120th in power success rate, 80th in stuff rate, uh, 69th in sack rate. Like you can look look at anything, and the way you all recruit athletes at all the positions, you would think that you could field five offensive linemen who could open up the lanes for your running backs. So I mean, what what has happened with your offensive line? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's been a it's been a little bit of recruiting. It's been a recruiting problem. It was you know offensive line recruiting uh, for Florida um, in the last year. Jim McElwain's era was really bad. 
and it's continued under uh, Dan Mullen with John Hevesy. Um, when you when you look at what they have, they have a you know a, a left tackle in Stone for Seth who was not highly recruited. He's a fifth year senior. You look at Gene Delance, who had to transfer in from Texas, wasn't very good. Uh, you look at Brett Hagee, who's starting at left guard, and he's probably their best offensive lineman right now. You got a guy, Nick Buchanan, at center, who isn't really a prototypical center. And then you've been starting a freshman who just transferred in Chris Blight. Now they're starting another freshman, Ethan White, uh, at, at that position of right guard. So it's just been a struggle from the recruiting standpoint, and, and just honestly, Florida hasn't been tough up front, and they haven't had the players. And, um, you know, that's a concern for Florida, not only this year, but going forward, is they have to get better on the offensive line. I think if you ask a lot of people around the country about Florida's running backs, they would say Florida has two of the better running backs in the conference, you know, yeah. Michael P. Ryan and Damian Pierce. Mm -hmm. But it's simple. When you can't block and they, you know, LaMichael P. Ryan and Damian Pierce are getting hit in the backfield, um, it's just not happening. But then you turn it around, and Florida's been pretty good in pass protection. So mm -hmm. uh, just very, very weird overall for the offensive line. But offensive line has been a problem since game one, and it just hasn't improved. So we've talked a lot about the offense. I, I want to go to your defense real quick because, of course, you've mentioned you know Florida's always had an awesome defense no matter who the coach is. You brought in Todd Grantham, and old Todd has a little bit of a reputation as an emotional blitzer, a little bit of third in Grantham. Yeah, so when he was hired, what were your general thoughts on it? Um, I'm, I will say this. I'm a, a very, as a, as a former coach myself, I, I'm a very aggressive coaching. You know, I, I love that aggressive coaching style that, that Todd Grantham brings. I love his ability to blitz and that kind of thing. But I also think that at times, and, you know, you, you've seen this a little bit Georgia, but at times he maybe overthinks things a little bit. Um, you know, let's, let's just be honest here. The, the athletes Florida has on defense – are tons better than the athletes he had on, on defense in Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. Not only, you know, 1 through 11, but even in his depth there. Um, so I think at times he maybe tries to get too creative with blitzes instead of just allowing the, the raw athletes to take take over in the game. You know, when you go back and you look at the, the LSU and Georgia games, third and Grantham was, was terrible. Uh, the LSU was over 50% in third downs. Um, at one time during the Georgia game, they were 80% on third downs. Um, and, and that's been a problem. And, you know, when you look at those two games right there, Florida lost the game on third downs because of Todd Grantham's ability to not be able to get his team off the field. And, you know, he tries to create some uh, havoc with, with different blitzes, but he also allows the, the the opposing team to have easy, you know, pitches and catches that turn into long third downs. And that's been a problem. And that's something that, you know, Florida's really talked about a lot of not allowing those third downs. But, you know, I'm a guy who says the numbers are the numbers, and it's followed Todd Grantham everywhere. Do we really expect it to change in one year when it's followed him his whole career? Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, and he's had a lot of success doing what he does, so you certainly don't want to take away from that. But, yeah, you know, it's it's funny. The third downs have been like kind of the Achilles heel for your defense. Our offense is just garbage at third down. So we're going to have a classic matchup of uh, stoppable force meets movable object. It'll be really interesting to see uh, whose, third, her, whose third down woes are, are ended this week. Um, but uh, well, then kickoff, we cannot have a 14 to 10 game where we all may be asleep. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, I, I, God, I just hope it's interesting. Um, so I feel like, you know, especially in the SEC, 
everyone recruits really well. Well, except for Missouri and Vanderbilt, but everybody else recruits really, really well. So it almost feels like every Florida player is some highly ranked high school kid that everybody knows. But every once in a while, you have a kid who kind of is under, kind of flies under the radar and pops up and makes a big impact. So for Missouri fans who are not familiar with Florida, who are some under the radar Florida players that Missouri fans should look out for on Saturday? Yeah, you know the 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 one guy that I will I will point on offense is Kadarius Tony. You know he's a guy who um, you know everyone's I think has seen a little bit of his joysticks, and you know he had a a, a play in the uh, in the Vanderbilt game where it looked like he was hitting the X button on the PlayStation several times. So uh, you know he's a guy who when he catches the ball and gets an open field, watch out. Um, but Florida's had a problem with finding him and, and being able to get him the ball. And, you know, I, I look at this game against Missouri as a, as a game that, you know, Florida's going to have to find a way to run the ball. It's going to be a little cold for Florida. Um, they're not used to the 45 degrees. I think it's going to be at kickoff. They're not mm-hmm. used to that. So find a way to run the ball. And, you know, I'll, I'll throw another guy at receiver, and that's Freddie Swain, you know, a guy mm-hmm. who was very under-recruited. But he just, he, you know, and, and – it's kind of like the game manager at quarterback. And, you know, you say, well, maybe he doesn't have the 4-4 speed or he's not six foot four, but he's a guy who, who catches the ball. And if it's third and 10, be, be for sure that you find Freddie Swain because he's going to get to the, the, the first down marker and he's going to sit down and he's going to wait on the pass. And that's just what Freddie Swain is. He's Mr. Reliable, always got good hands. So those two guys on offense and then on defense, it's kind of Florida's senior captain. And that's David Reese at the line backer spot uh you know a guy who's a, a fourth year senior and leads the team in tackles and you know he's one of those old school linebackers more of a run stopping linebacker but a guy who has gotten a little bit better in pass coverage but doesn't get talked about a ton because he's not one of those new age linebackers that can play all three downs but you know believe it or not he's a guy that you know if it's third and and four you don't want to run at him because he's going to put his head down and, and lower the boom a little bit yeah that's always good to have one of those guys on your team. So, kickoff on Saturday. We get into this game, and let's say let's say Florida wins. What does that look like from a statistical perspective? Are they uh, are they just successfully f- throwing it and, and the run be damned? Uh, is it a lot of turnovers on defense, or do they actually have to establish the run to win against Missouri? You know, everything that you and I and, and probably everyone else who, who covers these games say you've got to get the running game, but believe it or not, Florida's found a way to win seven football games this year without able to run the ball, or excuse me, eight football games this year without able to run the ball a lick. So I, I, why I would love to tell you Florida needs to run the ball, it, it, statistically speaking, this year they haven't been able to. You know, the biggest thing for Florida this year has been uh, third down. If Florida is successful on third down on defense, like we talked about, and Florida's able to get to the quarterback. And this is a weird stat, but Florida leads the country in sacks. But in their two games that they've lost this year, they have a grand total of zero sacks in those two games. Huh. So if Florida gets to the quarterback, it likely leads to a win. So, uh, you know, Kelly Bryant, I, I, we all think he's going to be uh, pretty good to go. I, I know Barry Odom said he thought he was the healthiest he's been in a long time. And, um, you know, Kelly Bryant-type quarterbacks who are able to get outside the pocket a little bit have caused Florida some problems. But if Florida can keep Kelly Bryant in check, 
and get off the field on third down by getting to the passer, uh, by getting to Kelly Bryant or whoever comes in at quarterback, I think Florida wins the game. I, I think Florida has enough offensively in the passing game to win this game. It, it just all depends on defense. You don't want to get into no shootout in, in Missouri uh, in the cold weather and, and, and with the weather up there. We'll see how that will affect Kyle Trask going. But it just – for me, it's always defense, and third down defense this year has been the the problem. And if they're able to do good on third down, I, I think Florida can win this ball game. So on the flip side of that coin, let's say Missouri continues the weirdest winning streak in the SEC and beats you guys again. Um, what does that look like? Did you all just fall apart on defense? Was that a, a defensive slugfest? Was it a shootout? What what does that what does Missouri win look like for for you guys? I mean, I think it's a, a it would be a low scoring game um, in, in that you know just because I I think that you know Florida can score on, on you guys' defense uh, this year I I feel pretty good on that um, but it, it would absolutely be Florida's third down and and not getting off the field you know Florida when when they're not able to get off the field the offense struggles because they're they don't get a ton of plays and Florida's a team that you know like we just talked about they they like to kind of nickel and dime their way down the field a little bit. So they need possessions and they need they need some minutes on the clock. And, you know, you look at that Georgia game, they only had six possessions in the entire game, three in the second half. And mm-hmm. um, and that was a loss for them. So, you know, you would think and, and I think that that continues this week. If Florida is able to get off the field, uh, they're good. If Florida it allows a lot of third down and Kelly Bryant can get outside the pocket and run. I think that's how you guys can win. Well, I hope we do for, for our sake, not for your sake, but uh all right, well, let's get out of here with one one last question. You can predict anything you want, final score, a stat line, whatever, but give me one prediction about this game. Yeah, I, I think Florida wins. I'll say it's somewhere <laughs> around, you know, 27-17, there. Okay. Um, I'll say this. I It would not shock me at all if it was tied at halftime or a very close game at halftime. Florida, A, doesn't play well at noon outside of the Vanderbilt game. B, Florida doesn't play well against Missouri. And C, they haven't played well at – at Missouri. So would it surprise me at all to see this game be close at halftime? Absolutely not. Um, you know, just for the fact of looking at these two teams just this year, I think Ford is just a little bit better um, than, than you guys are. But, uh, you know, Kelly Bryant, when healthy, looked pretty well. So I, I'm interested to see, you know, I, I'm a big Kelly Bryant fan. I, I thought Ford should have went after Kelly Bryant when uh, during the recruiting uh, process. So mm-hmm. I'm interested in watching Kelly Bryant. Where are you uh, going to watch the game? At home? Or are you actually going to Columbia? No, we're we're actually sending just one of us. So my partner is headed that away, and um, I get the good old basketball duties this weekend. Okay, so, uh, I will be in Gainesville, and um, our uh, my partner Nick Delatore will be uh, making the the flight up to Columbia. It's his turn to get to go. I got to go last time, so he gets to go this time, and he gets to freeze while I get to sit in the warm. Hey, there you go. That's a good trade off. <laughs> Have you ever been to Columbia? Yes, yes, I have uh, just once, and uh, you know, I, 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 I think it's one of those cool places to go. You know, I, I I'm a guy who likes to see as many of these uh, college football stadiums and atmospheres uh, as I can, and I, you know, again, it was cool to see Missouri. Um, not going to lie, do I care to ever go back? Probably not, but. <laughs> That's what I said about Arkansas too. You oh, know, yeah. when, you, when you go to Arkansas, it's like uh, I'm just out in the middle of nowhere and hills out here. <laughs> I feel like there's very few SEC towns 
uh, that you would want to go to other than for the football stuff. So I'm certainly not going to take any offense for that, but, uh, <laughs> absolutely. So yes, yeah. we're, uh, we're, you know, it's, it's fun. I, I enjoy getting to see the different, uh, college towns and, uh, you know, getting to see Missouri was, uh, was pretty cool. And, um, you know, that it, the one time I went was the, the year after, uh, or the game after McElwain was fired and you guys were fired oh, up and yeah. put a bacon on them. Yeah, that was, oof. Sorry. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> yeah, well, it, was, it was fun for a certain extent. Yeah, but uh, okay, man. Well, thank you, Andrew. I really appreciate you jumping on and sharing your, your Florida insight. It is much appreciated. Absolutely. Anytime, guys. And good luck this weekend, and uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, you too, man. Well, so Tiger fans, that's it. That's what the Florida Gators look like. We'll see what happens when the game kicks off. Uh, noon on Saturday, uh, so get ready. Should be cold, should be good. Uh, maybe the Tigers extend the streak. Who knows? Uh, but we appreciate you listening in. Uh, as always, I am Nate Edwards. You can follow me at Nate G. Edwards on the Twitters. You can read my stuff on Rockin' Nation. Thank you for subscribing and downloading. Uh, we'll be back next week. We will be better next week. Until then, 